You're now listening to the Stouffville Pentecostal Church audio podcast. This week's message comes to us from our senior high and young adults pastor, Pastor Stefan Watson. Have a listen. Stouffville Pentecostal Church, I must be honest with you this morning. I am a fan of football. Football is my favorite sport. I played it in high school. Football is something I watch. CFL, NFL, AFL, I will watch, even when the, uh, when the, the United Kingdom Football League, I would watch that too. Like, I, I love football. Football is, is my favorite sport. And I must admit something. Uh, I have a favorite team. It is the Dallas Cowboys. And I know that the Dallas Cowboys are going nowhere, anywhere soon. They probably will not win a Super Bowl, much like, you know, some people's favorite hockey team, but we don't need to go there. I don't need to be throwing shots because I believe the Leafs won last night. So did they win last night? Yeah, see, I can't throw shots today. So whatever. My favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, They won't be winning a Super Bowl, but this year we saw Tom Brady win another Super Bowl. He defeated Drew Brees, he defeated Aaron Rodgers, and then he defeated Patrick Mahomes in what could be one of the greatest Sundays of the year, right? Like when you look at the sporting calendar, there is Super Bowl Sunday where everything else in the world pretty much does not exist because nobody wants to interfere with the Super Bowl. But it's the week after the Super Bowl where people are like, oh my goodness, there's no football. Or your favorite sport, whether it be hockey or baseball or basketball, like when the champion, when the Stanley Cup is over, and the next day, and you're like, oh, there's no hockey tonight. Or basketball, there's no basketball tonight. What do we do? I kind of feel that way the Sunday after Easter Sunday. We, we get to this pinnacle. Like, this, the Easter Sunday is the greatest Sunday every year because we get to celebrate en masse, the resurrection and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we know that every church around the globe is celebrating at the same time, on the same day. But it's the following Sunday where we're like, oh man, it's the week after Easter. It's raining today. Right? Like, what? I feel like it's apropos that it's raining the week after Easter. But we as people who believe in Jesus, we as people who belong to Jesus, we know that, yeah, it might seem like a letdown. However, we can still celebrate the resurrection. In fact, we celebrate the resurrection every day of our lives. It is a daily thing that we can do. Here's why we can do that. Because we can understand the work that was done and daily recognize what Jesus did on that cross. So, how do we now live after Jesus' death and resurrection? I'm glad you asked me that question this morning. This morning I want to speak, I can't guarantee you a time today because it's rainy, so I don't want you guys to go out in the rain. So maybe I'll preach until the rain stops, Um, which is kind of funny because... There's no wrestling fans here, so I just... Last night was the first night of WrestleMania, and they actually had a rain delay. And I can see by your faces that none of you care. I'm just going to move on. Even, even you online, I, I feel like someone online was like, oh, he's talking about wrestling. I'm, just, I'm, I'm not going to. Galatians, let's go right into our text. Galatians chapter 5, 
verse 24 to 25, it says this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let me read that one more time. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. I literally could just read that verse, that last verse 25, tell you the verse, read it again one more time maybe, and then we'd be like, let's go home because that is now how we live after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But I want to go a little deeper this morning. I want to Go just drill down a little bit into this text. You see, we find ourselves in this portion of Galatians, and we know the portion that comes before, or maybe we don't. Let's check and see who the Bible scholars here. Uh, the portion before this, Paul, I, I, Wendy, I knew that you knew, and I knew a Pastor Jeff and Helen know. I was really asking for the rest, and I know Vic knows. Vic is looking awesome. I know he's got his mask on, but Vic has a killer beard right now uh, that I just wanted. I wish I could grow a beard, but I can't, and so I'm living vicariously through Vic. Vic, don't shave the beard, uh, because if you do, I'll, I will feel hurt. Personally, I might feel hurt myself. The text before Galatians chapter 5, 24, 20, uh, 24 and 25 is actually the fruit of the Spirit. You know, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, right? We have that. And Paul now goes to this, this portion here. I find that this portion is actually very important. This entire chapter is actually dedicated to living life in Christ. What Paul wants to do is encourage the church that they don't just have the freedom from sin, but they also have freedom from their flesh, freedom from their sinful nature. There is this sort of triple, double freedom. There's a lot of freedom that is wrapped up in what Jesus did on Calvary. But the problem that Paul is facing is not really a problem, but he, he has to address a problem happening in the Galatian church. I feel like Paul is always addressing problems in the church, in all of his, in all of his letters. He, he, he's writing this letter because the new converts are being told that in order to experience full righteousness, they have to keep the law. And Paul is writing this letter and he says, you all are going to make me lose my mind up in here because you keep telling these people the wrong thing. Paul has to correct some of the teaching. You know, as, as I look at, around at our world today, you know, as I look at the unrest in almost seemingly every space of our world, we're looking at a world that is not going to listen to, hey, you need to keep the law. Hey, you need to keep following all these rules. What I look, what I see is that we need people to understand that they just need Jesus. You see, the world doesn't just need Christians to be out there because it's not just good enough to be a Christian and at work. It's not just good enough to be a Christian and in different spaces. You see, there is more to it. The world needs Christians who are walking in the fullness of their freedom. What does that mean? Well, here, let me, uh, let me, let me sort of break this down. Um, because I believe that freedom is something that we have access to, 
but not all of us have actually accessed that freedom. If you could put up the first verse, Galatians chapter 25, verse 24. Paul writes, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and the desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. I believe when we see that word belong, we have to understand that when Paul writes that, he's writing about a possession. When Jesus died on Calvary, he paid a price for us. He paid, he, he paid a price, he paid a debt that you, you cannot pay. He delivered you from a destiny that you probably would not have enjoyed. He's freed you from that. Freed us from that. He's opened the door for us to experience something different. But we don't always walk in that freedom. See, I believe that there are a lot more passive Christians in the world than maybe there are active Christians. And if, if, I could, if we can be honest for a moment, in the building and online, if you're sitting at home, you've got your Cheerios up, you got your coffee there, uh, it, like, if we could be honest for a moment with ourselves, how are we living? Are we living as active Christians? You know, those who belong to Christ Jesus, those who have accessed the freedom that Christ Jesus gives, or are we passive Christians? Are we still living according to the sinful nature, independent of a master? I was talking to a neighbor this week, and we were just talking about, you know, being passive and how that can be so dangerous. How that could be something that, you know, you know there's a slow, slow chip. I mean, like, listen, if for the next, you know, few minutes or rest of the sermon, maybe even next couple of weeks, every Sunday, this would be a long time, but every Sunday, if I just came and slightly just started chipping with a pen or something at the edge of the pulpit, it might not do anything next week. Pastor Jeffrey probably wouldn't notice next month yet, but eventually he would notice that something has been chipping away at this pulpit. The next person would probably be like, whoa, what is happening here? And then over time, the small chip might turn into a crack, might break off, who knows? That is what sort of happens when we're passive in our faith. It's, it doesn't happen right away. But over time, we're no longer living according to the freedom that we've been given. We're living more to our sinful nature. There's a fallacy in this world. There's a fallacy in society that, that people have heard that it's not hard to follow Jesus. I know we don't tell people this, and maybe if you believe this, I hate to burst your bubble, but following Jesus is difficult. It isn't easy. We live in a world where, where Jesus is not important we live in a world that where people have been told, listen, just do your own thing, man. Everything will be okay. All roads lead to God. And I'm sorry to say that. Yeah, I'm not sorry. Uh, that's not true. There is only one way to God. That is through his son, Jesus Christ. There is only one way to experience freedom. That is through Jesus Christ. You see, to follow Jesus, 
To live a life that God calls us to, it requires us to daily crucify the sinful man. To daily access that freedom that we have been given. There is a burden upon us as believers to crucify the flesh, as Paul writes. You see, when Jesus died on Calvary, we became a part of God's promise to Abraham. We became heirs to to what God said to Abraham. We are grafted onto that promise. When we read those words belong to Christ, remember, we have been bought with a price. We have been redeemed by Jesus' work on Calvary. And Paul uses that word specifically, crucify, to draw attention to Calvary, to draw attention to the work of Jesus on Calvary. Calvary gives you and I the ability to kill our fleshly desires, to kill the sin nature in us. Calvary gives us the ability to put our sin on that cross and to live connected with Jesus. We need to crucify our sinful nature. When we do that, we're no longer slaves to sin. We're no longer guided. We're no longer uh, passionate for the sinful nature that we had. Crucifixion for us is actually surrender too. So what about the crucifixion of sin nature do we need to know? Well, the first thing is this. It's done by us as believers. This is something that's done by all of us. We, we are the ones who put the sin, we are the ones that have the sin nature, and we have to put it to death. We have to fight against our sin nature. The crucifixion of our sin nature is done by us. It's something that we willingly have to do. It's made possible through a relationship with Jesus, made possible through a union with Christ Like I said, the reason that we're able to do that is because of Jesus' death and resurrection. Our old self is gone, and a new man has risen. Jesus' death, it broke the power of the sin nature over our lives. We're no longer slaves to sin, and we are now able to walk in a new life, to walk in a new way, to walk in freedom. But it's also a daily activity. It's not just a one-time thing. It's not a, hey, I'm going to do this on Monday. God, God, I'm going to surrender to you, and I've done that for the week. No, it's it's a daily thing. Dare I say a moment-by-moment thing. Every day, we have to fight against sin. Every day, we have to put death to the sinful nature in us. We surrender fully to Christ. It isn't easy, and that's, that's what's beautiful about what, uh, what Paul is writing. He's already told people what to look for. He's already told people, listen, this is, this, is how, this is how the fruit of the Spirit operate. This is what you look for in someone. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of those things. These are the things that the Holy Spirit produces in one's life. But, verse 25 is uh, is really the main portion of what I want to focus on this morning. All of that was my introduction, by the way. Uh, so buckle up. Here we go. Verse 25, it says this. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of 
our lives. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part, not just some parts, not just the parts that you don't really care about, not just the parts on Tuesday, in every part. You know, when, when the, the disciple or when the apostle Paul, he writes this, the, the word he uses, um, actually, yeah, the word he uses, it, 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 um, as we see in the, the verse, the word he uses is a Greek word and it has slipped my mind, but it means to walk in line with. I mentioned being passive and, and being an active follower of Jesus earlier because Paul is reminding, no, Paul is telling us that we need to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. We need to be active. You see, walking isn't something that you can do sitting down. I know that that is mind-blowing for some people. But walking is an activity. It is something you do. We need to understand what Paul is saying. Paul isn't just saying walk with the Spirit. He's not just saying, hey, you just need to do this. But what Paul is saying is you have to consistently do it. It's not a one-time thing. I know that, that we often think that, hey, if I just get to church on a Sunday morning and just feel the Holy Spirit for a moment, I am good. But I am here to tell you that, no, you are not. You have been lied to. You have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, run amok, and led astray. Because you cannot expect to walk in the freedom that Jesus Christ has paid for on just what you get on Sunday morning. It is a daily walk with the Holy Spirit. Not just walking with, but walking behind because we are allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us. What would our world look like if there were more Christians who are walking behind the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us every day? Dare I say every moment of our lives. Let me answer that question. You see, we, we would see more fruit of the Spirit. We would see more people coming to faith. We would see more people being like, why is that person, oh, that person, wow, that, I need to go to wherever that person goes. I need to get into contact with whatever uh, that, whoever that person is getting into contact with. And when people walk through those doors or when people log on online and they click on that YouTube channel and they watch and they feel the power of the Holy Spirit, they can't help but wonder, I need to get more of that. I need to walk in that. I need my life changed by that. That is what happens when we are daily following the leading of the Holy Spirit. But instead, we have more people who are concerned about the mark of the beast than they are concerned about the mark of the Holy Spirit. And I wonder what would happen if we put the Spirit first in every part of our lives. You know, we always say we want revival, but do we really want revival? Because when we say, God, we want to be revived, what we're saying is, God, we want more of your spirit. God, we want your spirit to be in control. We want your spirit to take the lead. And I'm not quite sure if people understand what happens when the spirit takes the lead. Because when the spirit takes the lead, you might end up shipwrecked on an island. You might end up in jail. You might end up having to preach to a bunch of people who don't want to hear you preach. 
When the Spirit takes the lead, we go places we never expected that we would go. We do things we never thought that we could do. But when the Spirit takes the lead and when we are following the Spirit, you know what? God has made a way for you to be there and God has made a way for you to get out. And God has already purchased your freedom. So no matter what happens on this earth, we are set free because of what Jesus did on Calvary. Oh, we love it when the worship team is singing our song. We love it when we hear our jam. But it's got to go beyond that. We have to keep pace with the Holy Spirit. We have to be falling in line with the Holy Spirit. Jamie and I were, were out for a walk earlier this week. We, had, we, were, we just walked around the block. And I, was, I did this little experiment um, with Jamie. She didn't really know I was doing it, so surprise. Um, we were walking... Uh, and we were, like, right beside each other. And I was pushing the stroller with Aaliyah Joy in there. And every, you know, every few moments, I would just speed up a little bit. And she didn't even know she was doing this. And I would look over, and Jamie had sped up a little bit. And if you've ever walked with my wife anywhere, she is not the fastest walker in the world. Uh, she doesn't necessarily walk as quick as I might prefer. However, I noticed that she was keeping in line with me. She was keeping in step with me. I say that to say we need to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. You see, sometimes the Holy Spirit's going to move a little faster than we want, but we got to keep in step. And sometimes he's going to slow down. But that comes with trusting in the Spirit and trusting where he's leading and trusting where he's going and trusting where he's taking us. If I could give you a simple translation of what Paul is saying, he's saying, go where the Spirit is leading you to go. You see, when our sin nature is crucified, when we have put our fleshly desires on the cross, when we leave them there, and we daily, daily allow the Spirit to lead every part of our life, you know what happens is that we grow closer and closer to who God has called us to be. We draw nearer and nearer to God, and we become change agents everywhere we go. I can't imagine the amount of people who are in bad jobs or bad relationships and have experienced bad circumstances because we always want to be in control. We always want to be the ones in the driver's seat. I, I think it was Carrie Underwood that said, Jesus, take the wheel. We need to give up control. You see, that's what following the Spirit is about. It's giving up control. It is our responsibility to walk with the Spirit. That's why Paul says to keep in step. We have to keep in step. We have to do it. It goes back to active or passive. We need to be active. Daily crucifying our flesh, our sinful nature. Daily keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. So how do we do this? First is, is simple. We, we yield. We, I don't know if you guys have, sorry, uh, wrestling talk. Um, growing up in, in Canada, we, as a, as a child, my favorite wrestler uh, is a guy by the name of Bret Hart out of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. He's one of the best there is, the best there was, the best that there ever will be. And Bret Hart, he is known as, uh, 
a master technician. I'm going somewhere with this. You just have to bear with me, everybody. He's a master technician. If you ever have time to watch a Bret Hart match, you will watch it with a wrestling fan. So I'm available. I'm available, everybody. Um, but you'll watch and you'll notice he's a great in-ring worker. But Bret Hart, his finishing move, the way that he ended a match was through something called the submission. It was called the sharpshooter. And the only way to get out of the sharpshooter, because once Bret Hart put the sharpshooter on you, you weren't getting out of that. The only way to get out of the sharpshooter was to... You got to tap out. You got to submit. You've got to say, I've had enough. How do we... How do we experience, how do we keep in step with the Holy Spirit? It's time to tap out and submit and yield and every day commit to allowing the Spirit to be in control. Step by step, we walk towards the truth of the Word. That's a fancy way of me saying, read the Bible. Read the word. Know the word. Allow the spirit to lead you to what you need to be reading. And be obedient. Oh, Jesus, one thing for the spirit to lead us. But sometimes the spirit leads us and we, we get a little bit of a Jonah attitude in us. Nope, not, nah, I think that's. Now, I don't think I need to go there. I think I, I appreciate where you've led me to this point, but I think I'm going to take it. Nope. We have to be obedient in every part of our lives. The Holy Spirit is so vital to what God has called us to. It's so vital to us spreading the gospel. Why do we settle for just a taste on Sundays when we can experience the Holy Spirit on a daily basis? Why do we do that? Because we don't want to give up control, but... We ruin our own lives because we don't want to give up control. I believe that in a world so broken, in a world that is so lost, in a world that, oh my goodness, everything becomes an issue, in a world that is just crazy and polarizing and, and, and just uh, out of control, it is time for the people of God to stop being in control and start following the leading of the Holy Ghost. It is time for the people of God to move from passivity to being active. It is time for us to activate and be out in the world because the Spirit is leading us. We cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. It's just not possible. I don't know anybody who has ever said, oh, I did this without the Holy Spirit, and it was great doesn't work like that. What Paul lays out for us this morning in these two verses, it's a constant activity. It's a constant thing that needs to be done. Ephesians tells us that we put off the old man and put on the new man. We, we are able to walk in freedom because of the Holy Spirit, because of what the whole, where the Holy Spirit is leading us. And when we are walking with the Spirit, we are pursuing God. We are pursuing his truth. And when we walk in line with the Spirit, the result of that is the fruit of the Spirit. I came here this morning, one, because I was, I, 
was, it was my turn to speak. And so that's one of the reasons why I'm here. But I came here this morning to let somebody know that it is time to get off the couch and get into the game. Church, it might be COVID-19, but listen, there are still people out there who, who need to hear the word of the Lord. I know we're, we're, we're in lockdown, but there are still people out there who need Jesus. And so I challenge you this morning. I challenge all of us. Who is it that the Holy Spirit is leading us to? You know, it starts first and foremost with accepting Jesus. It starts first and foremost with believing in what he's done on Calvary. Worship team, you can join me. I'm, I'm almost done. when Jesus died on Calvary, when he said those words, it is finished, he wasn't just talking about his life. He wasn't just talking about what he came to the mission that he came to do on earth. He was talking about the sinful nature having control over you. He was talking about the fact that we can now walk in freedom. We are no longer bound by our sin. And I believe that God is just looking, waiting for, for us to follow his leading. Galatians chapter 5, 24 to 25. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we, we who belong to Christ Jesus, we who have crucified the flesh, we who have done those things, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us keep in line with the Spirit. Let us be with the Spirit, not just on Sunday, but every day. Oh, if I had more time, I would share about how when the Spirit is leading us, great things happen. If I had more time, I would ask each and every one of us to share a moment of when we were following the Spirit and what happened. But I can promise you that without even having to hear anybody's story, I know that when the Spirit is leading us, in those testimonies, in those stories that, that we have, you online, at home, and in the building, I know, without even having to hear it, that when you have followed the leading of the Spirit, He didn't lead you somewhere bad. So since we live by the Spirit, church, let us keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Let us stay in line with the Holy Spirit. Let us follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And maybe you're here this morning and you're trying to figure out just how to do that. Well, it's just very simple. It's simply just saying, Holy Spirit, lead me. I tap out. I give up. I've had enough. I, I can't do it anymore. That's the first step. All you have to do. 
You have been listening to the Stovall Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stovall Pentecostal Church, including events, ministries, and service time, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. You can subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast store, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts.